Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want a Spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud, and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. Hello and welcome back to another fabulously fired up week. I can't wait to bring you an intense conversation this week with my incredible guest. Her name is Katie Thompson and she is a psychotherapist and eating disorders specialist all the way from Missouri in the United States. Now, the reason I'm chatting to Katie is I saw this incredible post that she popped up on Facebook because she was outraged when one of her absolute longest held gurus in the space of helping women particularly to recover from eating disorders, namely the author Janine Roth, who sent her an email which absolutely got her livid with anger because Janine seems to be sort of turning against everything that she's previously spoken about in terms of recovery from eating disorders and seems to be turning from an eating disorder guru into a bloody weight loss guru, someone who is promoting weight loss. So Katie put up this fabulous post on Facebook in which she officially broke up with Janine Roth. And I thought it was just so fabulous the way she communicated how she felt and what she was going through that I really wanted to chat to her on the podcast. So without further ado, I give you me and the wonderful Katie. So Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Louise, for having me. So what is firing you up? Well, what actually got me fired up about a little over a week ago was an email that came into my inbox from Janine Roth. And as a certified eating disorder specialist, someone who's worked in the recovery field for years, I've always had this relationship with Janine Roth and her writing, and I've used it as a recovery specialist to propel not only my work, but oftentimes to support my clients. And this this email that came through really, really fired me up. Oh my goodness. So Janine Roth, she's the author of probably the most famous book is Women, Food and God, but she's written tons of books about relationship with food and especially sort of women's relationship with food and overeating. And she's like, I'm the same with you, like um, have used the stuff that she has written about to recommend to my clients for years. So I'm fascinated to hear what got you going in this email. So she said to me, I think it was perhaps March 31st, but in the email, she talked about women being uncomfortable in their bodies. And it, here's what she said. She said, it's uncomfortable to walk around in a body that's uncomfortable. It's hard to let innate brilliance or power express itself when you are schlepping around 20 or 50 extra pounds. Oh my God. That was it. I kind of, I saw stars. I kept reading and as I read it, it just got worse. And so this is the woman who's always been all about writing about how actually weight loss, it shows and uncovers a new set of problems. It's not the answer. She's Mm -hmm. someone that's written extensively about exploring our relationship between eating and intimacy. She's been a powerhouse in the eating disorder recovery field. It just floored me. So as a clinician, I lecture, I give talks. And when I talk on eating disorders, I often give Janine Roth 
quotes because they're awesome. Mm. And what I ended up finding in the last year or so, because I had seen some shifts in her writings, I had seen a couple of podcasts or things that she had been on, and I had seen her talking about sugar, demonizing it, talking about weight loss in a way I'd never heard her talking about. I started to offer a disclaimer to my clients and to participants in my presentations that this stuff that she wrote in 2001 is phenomenal. Keep in mind, if you Google her, you may find things that are concerning now. And so I've been in this journey of questioning her for a while. This email sealed the deal for me. Mm. So when you say sealed the deal, what did you decide to do? Well, I broke up with Janine Roth. I said, you know, in my email or in my post, I said, she doesn't know it. And based on her behavior over the last few years, she likely could care less. But still, in my heart, I set a final boundary with her after I read the most recent mass email that she sends out to her followers. So for Mm -hmm. me, what that means is that I'm no longer going to promote her work. I'm no longer going to support her current mission. I will hold tight to some of the stuff that she has written in the past. And Mm. when necessary, I'll continue to utilize that as a tool. But I don't see her currently as someone who's actually a recovery advocate, someone who is aligned with my values, which are health at every size, Recovery is about recovering from all aspects of the eating disorder, not just getting rid of the parts of the eating disorder that we demonize. Yeah. Well, that comment, schlepping around extra weight and the claim that you cannot, like brilliance and power cannot coexist with a larger body. Like so damaging. Like, fuck off, really. (laughs) And has anyone told Oprah that too? Well, the two are in deep partnership as we saw on Super Bowl Sunday. That was actually my first inclination that Janine had turned is when she partnered with Oprah, who had recently purchased a portion of Weight Watchers. And we all know what's Uh, going on with Weight Watchers. You just had the wonderful and amazing Rebecca Scritchfield on your podcast talking about the Wake Up Weight Watchers movement, how... They're targeting our children in America, which is awful. So no, she's partnered with someone who is deeply rooted in body hate and body change and the rejection of one's body. So yeah, so that was, I think that was like May or March 2017 that she was on Super Soul Sunday with with Oprah. And I remember watching that video and I think I felt like I saw stars then too. I had a bit of an out-of-body experience because I'm thinking, hang on, this is Janine Roth. This is the woman who told Oprah not to diet and who had, you know, sort of been the closest introduction to Oprah of health at every size principles in the past. And she's sitting under a tree with Oprah claiming somehow that sugar is now addictive and some people should absolutely not have it. And right. I thought <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. I had a similar experience. I had a kind of fire of rage kind of burn inside of me. And I think what you have you just pointed out the fact that no one in our field really has access to Oprah and everybody in our field wants access to Oprah. You ask any eating disorder specialist out there who they'd like to in the field sit down and really be able to have a one-on-one space with, it's always Oprah because Oprah is one of those teachers and leaders that does all of these wonderful things. She's actually bringing the problems with childhood abuse and trauma to the forefront currently, but simultaneously, she's a part of a billion dollar industry, which is destroying mm. you know, young men and women and children across the country, across the world. Yeah. So 
what ended up happening for me is I went on this journey of really exploring this woman that I have allowed to be my teacher for a while. I did some research on her and I found that it's not all, she's not all together with the recovery field. She's got a lot of contradiction and there's a lot of gaslighting in the behavior. So it's definitely time to be talking about how this is not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you did that. And I'm so glad you're here to tell us about, you know, taking a dive or sort of revisiting her through this new lens of inquiry because it needs to be done. And even though you'd broken up with her, you decided to kind of go back and read the love letters and look at it. Isn't that what we do when we break up with someone? We examine the relationship. I know. And then we figure out that it's them, not us. Yeah. And it's important to own, like what I own here is that in my first finding of Janine Roth, I didn't really examine who she was. I just found her stuff and was like, oh, utter brilliance. I'm going to take this. I'm going to use it. I'm going to find a way as it for it to be a tool for me. And I never really examined who she was, but I have hmm. done that now. Oh, tell us all about it. So what I ended up finding, if you go and you Google Janine, you find that there are a ton of bios out there that talk about how she's literally a pioneer in the eating disorder recovery world. And then you'll find, you scroll down and you'll find articles. I found one that said the 14 best pieces of weight loss wisdom from Janine Roth. And this was posted really? on October 25th, 2016. Yeah. This website called the success manual. So basically this is a compilation of 14 things that Janine has said over her career. And maybe they're taken out of context. Maybe they're not, but they're really her best pieces of weight loss wisdom. And this is also find her bio. She is identified as a pioneer in the eating disorder recovery world. And so I'm sorry, but you can't be giving out weight loss wisdom and be an eating disorder recovery advocate. They don't go hand in hand. It can yep. happen. Absolutely. Could not agree with you. So she's a straddler. She's trying to straddle both camps or is her primary non-diet work being co-opted by weight loss focused media? Well, based on the emails, the mass emails that she's sending out, I don't know that it's a, a straddling or that it's a co-opting, but it's more of a transformation that I think that she's going through. And as we've talked about, Louise, this is all speculation. Yeah. Again, I would love to have a conversation with Janine. I would love to have a conversation with Oprah. They called me tomorrow and said it's on. I would be wherever they needed me to be so we could sit down face to face and really dialogue and talk. But I'd, I'd be in the audience not, with popcorn as well. Right. This is not a new thing in our culture. If you hear anybody in the Hayes community talking about the fact that even researchers, eating disorder researchers that have a lot of money behind their research are researching way to use one aspect of the eating disorder spectrum to treat another. So indicating that they can treat someone's binge eating disorder by teaching them to be a better restrictor. That is... Mm. Mm. always been a problem in the recovery field. And thank goodness for the Hays community that's calling it out finally. But this Mm. is what needs to happen. We need to call out our teachers. As we've seen with Tony Robbins this week in the the Me Too movement and how he really is misguided in his thoughts around that and his internalized misogyny and just demonstrating the problems with the misogyny in this conversation he had with the woman who was trying to hold her space around his misunderstanding of the Me Too movement. We have so many powerful teachers that are misguided and that need to be held accountable by their followers. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was such a disturbing piece of footage to watch Tony Robbins really bully a woman who was questioning his misrepresentation of the Me Too movement. It was bone chilling and so disappointing. I mean, I'm not a fan of Tony Robbins, but I know a lot of people are or have been. And it's quite shocking when our mentors and the people that we kind of hold up, like, you know, the Oprah's, disappoint us on such a fundamental level and it's really hard to come back from that. Yeah, so I think that that's what happened for me that day when I read that email. In fact, the only reason I opened her email that day is because I had recently gone through and unsubscribed from a ton of emails that I get automatically in my inbox and I thought I had unsubscribed from Janine, but I hadn't. So I was just sitting there, you know, on a Friday morning. A lot of people wake up in the morning and if they're not really ready to get going with the day, they open up their social Well, I open up my email a lot. I opened up Mm. my email and I saw that and I was on social media within seconds, writing my (laughs) thoughts down, my feelings and posting it for the world to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it got a lot of interest. And actually that's how we connected because I read your post and I thought it was fabulous. Well, thanks. Yeah. And there was a lot of people agreeing with you and a lot of questions being raised about just what on earth is going on. So in your post, you mentioned that you had a theory about what you thought might be happening with Janine. And as we said, this is just speculation, but I thought it was quite an interesting one. Yeah. And in fact, I didn't even have to bring the theory up. Someone else brought it up. So (laughs) yeah, another, a poster had brought up that there is a belief that her recent delving into diet culture and aligning herself with Oprah, aligning herself with weight loss and selling weight loss to women is really about money for her. She and her husband, her husband is Matt Weinstein. They have been very brutally open about their experience of losing their life savings in the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme back in December of 2008, I think is when it all happened. I think in a day they went from like having seven figures in their retirement fund with Bernie to less than a thousand dollars, something crazy like that. Wow. Um, yeah. So Upon that happening, both of them, and they were both public speakers, you know, she was a writer for long periods of time before that. So what the way that they handled it, and in a lot of ways, you can say many positive things about the way that they handled it. They were open, they hit the ground running, how are we going to solve this? Money isn't everything. But you know, they've made money off of the misfortune. So her husband gives about 30 speeches a year at $10,000 a pop. She got a book deal immediately from this going public that she had lost her money to Bernie Madoff. So I really, there's a theory and of course it's speculation. I don't know, Janine. I would love to know her as a person, but I don't know. But part of me wonders, you know, have you sold your soul to the weight loss industry because it is a guaranteed moneymaker? There is money in weight loss because it's a foolproof scheme. It, people get hooked. Weight loss is hundred percent, what, what, 95% failure driven. People Mm. gain all the weight back. And then the weight loss industry makes it about them as having failed, not the diet. So the person feels shame and they they go back to the next diet, the next scheme. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the earliest time that we saw Janine actually openly talking about weight loss in the written format was in 2010, when she started talking about the no diet weight loss method. So yeah, that was written in 2010 when she said like, we all want to change the way we eat and the number on the scale. And that is her appealing to the millions and millions of people who really want 
to change their bodies. And that is her camp. It's women who want to be in a different body. And so that's where that schlepping 20 to 50 extra pounds around Mm. can destroy your brilliance and power. I mean, she's speaking to her audience there. She's speaking to vulnerable people who believe everything she says because she's an absolute guru. But if that book came out just two years after she lost her fortune and it's actively mentioning weight loss, then it does make sense, your theory. It's really horribly disappointing, but it does make sense. So I have to be honest, I haven't read the book deal that she, I didn't read the book that came out of the scheme, the money Ponzi scheme issue. I read a bunch of her articles and it was in 2010 that she had written an article called the no diet weight loss method. So I don't know what's in that book. I stopped reading her book after when food is love. Mm, yeah. Cause her earlier books, women, food and God, when food is love, feeding the hungry heart, all of that sort of stuff was very early on. And it really, maybe for the first time, she's one of the earliest writers to highlight the idea of food as a relationship that we can eat for reasons that are not about physical hunger, but more about emotional hunger or early learning about associating food with comfort and safety and security. So, which is such important stuff to work with people on. Actually, my favorite quote that I've always talked about is just about that, where she talks about food was our love. Eating was our way of being loved. Food was available when our parents weren't. Food uh, didn't get up and walk away when our fathers did. Food didn't hurt us. Food didn't say no. Food didn't hit. Food didn't get drunk. Food was always there. Food tasted good. Food was warm when we were cold and cold when we were hot. Food became the closest thing we knew of love. I mean, that as an eating disorder clinician, a young eating disorder, that spoke to me spoke to my clients and to hear the counterpart of telling women that literally she told them in the email, the world could be ending and you finding a solution to that could be in weight loss. Whoa. (laughs) I felt like I just got a massive cuddle when you were doing the first quote. And then I felt like you just slapped me in the face with a cold fish. Right. She literally covertly claimed in that email that came in on March 31st that weight loss can make you feel better despite the earth being on the verge of destruction. That's insanity. Right. That is what weight loss and wellness groups are selling today. It's cloaked and veiled weight loss and diet culture. So that's Mm. why I said that it's a wolf in sheep's clothing approach because for so long, she's been this guru that's all about helping recover, eating disorder recovery. And now it's really you know, evolved in this sugar is addictive. There's, you know, promoting the no diet weight loss method, promoting getting rid of 20 to 50 pounds. You will find your power and brilliance and hey, the world can be falling around you, falling apart around you. And ultimately, if you lose that weight, you feel brilliant and powerful. That is the most shitty thing I've ever heard. I mean, if our world is teetering to the edge of destruction, we should probably think about looking at that rather than trying to get thinner. Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh my Lord. Because when I, you know, I knew we were going to do this interview, I tried to have a look around, a dig around at like who is Janine Roth? Because like you, I guess, you know, I just found the books, read them, sort of took it as at face value that this was one of the world's leading authors and experts in eating disorder recovery, particularly for women with binge eating kind of patterns. But I didn't know much about her. And it's actually quite difficult on the internet to find out much about her, but definitely she's not an eating disorder 
professional, which was really quite surprising. But she does have, I guess, a lived experience with disordered eating. So I found an, just an article from The Telegraph in the UK, which talks about how she was an quote unquote, an overweight child and that her mother was a dieter and she was put on lots of diets by her own mum. And the article says that by the time she was 15, she was hooked on amphetamines. She did heaps and heaps of dieting, lots and lots of binging. And it says by her late 20s, she was suffering from anorexia. Then it says that she doubled her size in only two months, which for me, if you're an anorexic, might not be a terrible thing. But she's still talking about how awful she felt about the weight regain following the anorexia. And she decided that she wanted to kill herself. And then the article says, so Janine at the time was a medical student and she was at a bookshop researching useful drug combinations to help her suicide successfully. And that's when she came across Susie Orbach's book, Fat is a Feminist Issue. So she read that book and she said she stopped dieting the next day. And as soon as she stopped dieting, she felt better and the binging stopped and the self-hatred stopped. She ended up abandoning her medical degree and that's when she started leading groups with other people sort of teaching them about giving up dieting as a way out of an eating disorder. But what is really key in this article, it said, as she became more at ease with herself, the weight shifted. So to me, like when I read stuff like that, it just seems to me like Janine is locating her recovery from an eating disorder in her weight Yeah, it just doesn't sound like she's had actual eating disorder treatment. So I like your theory of economic necessity with Janine Roth, but my speculation, and of course it's just a speculation because neither of us know Janine, but I think she actually pretty much at the moment sounds like she's going back into her eating disorder. It's quite possible. And I think that's, it goes along with the disclaimer that I have been giving over the last couple of years that I don't know what's going on with her. Perhaps she's struggling again. And at the end of the day, we are both speculating. And I would invite Janine to have a dialogue with all of us. And I think this goes back to the work that you're doing in bringing all of the individuals who are willing to talk about the concerns they have about the eating disorder recovery field and the diet world, diet culture, weight loss world, wellness industry. We need to call out the problems. We need Uh to talk about it. Yeah, we need to use our voices. Yeah. There's an irony in the fact that she returned to her body in an attempt to stay alive, Mm. not life, right? And it's interesting because you talk about the book that she turned to was Fat is a Feminist Issue, correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And the reality is, is that in being a part of the diet industry, in purposefully encouraging women to lose weight, she is engaging in that internalized misogyny and patriarchy, which constantly tells women they need to be smaller, quieter, less than, less powerful. So the irony is so profound to me that there's this deep departure. So there has to be, in order to encourage weight loss and sell diet, a, a non-diet approach to weight loss, I mean, she's, she's engaging in the patriarchy by telling women they need to be smaller and less than, and that they'll be happier when they're smaller and less than, and that they'll be more powerful and more brilliant when they buy into the fact that they're too much. 
Ah, it makes me so angry, but you're, it's absolutely correct. I wonder what Susie Orbach would have to say about it too. <laughs> I think we need to invite them all to have a conversation, a dialogue about this. I know we can have a really interesting dinner party. Like obviously it would have to be sugar-free for Janine, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we would definitely, if Oprah were there, she would be able to eat bread because she can oh, eat bread. Jeez. Oh, jeez. Anyway, <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be such a great dinner party, but it would be entertaining, right? Definitely. I think we could all find a way to be civilized and actually ask our questions and have a dialogue. We would yeah. need a moderate. So. We ne- definitely need a moderate. It's interesting because Susie Orbach's book, you know, I love Fat is a Feminist Issue and I love her later book, which is called Bodies. But one of the observations that I've had from Susie is like one kind of linchpin that I totally disagree with in her book is this idea of trauma and weight gain being seen as a deliberate choice to protect the body from being quote unquote sexual in the world. And the sort of unspoken idea, or sometimes it is spoken, that if you resolve trauma, that the person's body will naturally shrink back down to, I guess, a socially acceptable size. And like there's like bugger all research to back up the idea that if we can help someone deal psychologically with their trauma, that that will somehow translate into making a smaller body occur. But it's a really popular myth that floats around that just doesn't sort of let go. And I do think that in Janine's writings, that there is that kind of implicit assumption that if you deal with what's really going on, then, then you'll get into a thin body. And I don't agree with that kind of stuff whatsoever. Yeah, I don't agree with it at all. You and I have spoken about the fact that it is really the client, the person who's in recovery, it's their job to come to their clinician or whoever they're working with and say, this is my experience of my body. And for us to make that assumption and for Susie Orbach to make the assumption that it's all about the trauma. If you heal the trauma, the body will change. The reality is, is that that's a misguided myth for many people that they have created a body that the general world would find unappealing as a means to stay protected from trauma or perpetrators or you know whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's one of the reasons I always let clients tell me what their experience is. There mm-hmm. are people who who describe that. Yeah, there are. There absolutely are. But it, it's that, also- that generalized brush that that's what it is, and the kind of assumption that everybody wants to resolve that with the primary aim of getting thinner. That's just a load of crap. Exactly. And that's the myth of the, you know, ideal body is that everybody wants to be in a specific body. And one of the reasons I love the haste movement is because it is taking the power away from that patriarchal idea that everybody wants to be a thin body and a thin ideal body, etc. It's not really the case. I mean, it's about embracing the body that you have and seeing the goodness in all bodies and accepting all bodies. And that perspective, that theory loses merit within the, the Hayes framework, mm. which I'm appreciative of. I love the Hayes framework because it just allows body diversity to be a thing. And that's what this kind of assumption doesn't allow. I wanted to ask you about Janine's response to any of the pushback because I, I vaguely recall that with the sugar comments with Oprah, that she did do a response somewhere. But I think she just reinforced her position that she thought sugar was bad. And I wonder, is, is there, has it, like, 
some other people must have noticed Janine's shift and called her out on it. And has she actually had anything to say about it? I haven't seen a whole lot. That was something I was looking for as well. And I remember waiting for a powerful response from her after the backlash when she spoke with Oprah about that. But there really hasn't been anything. And I think that's, again, to bring up Tony Robbins, his response, his supposed apology wasn't really an apology. An apology looked like, I am wrong. I misguided. My ignorance is clear. I've hurt you and harmed you and harmed others in my thought process and what I shared. I will be silent now. Teach me. Tell me express to me what it is you need me to understand about how you perceived and experienced my explanation, my teachings. And that's what an apology looks like. So doubling down. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I think doubling down and saying, you know, I'm sorry you're uncomfortable with what I said, but I stand by what I said is not an apology. That's a fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, really rude. And yeah, and I love that. Like, I'm sorry if you were offended, which is like, it doesn't even recognize the impact of the dreadfulness. Yeah, the fact that you were offended, I offended you. And please, 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 please teach me, tell me how I hurt you so I can understand all the ways and create empathy and learn from it and not do it again. Yeah, yeah. But we're not seeing that humbleness from Tony. And obviously, we're not hearing anything at all from Janine, which is... Maybe maybe this event, us, you know, communicating about this, the emails, what's been written, maybe it's an opportunity for her. And actually, one of the women invited me to write an open letter to Janine. And I said, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that I'll do. I actually think it's something that our community can do because it's so much more powerful when it comes from the collective whole than if it comes from one of us. I love that idea. Yeah. A collective letter. Perhaps we could get up some kind of notice board or Facebook page where we could, you know, open comments to Janine, what the hell is going on? I actually love that idea, Louise. (laughs) (laughs) It would allow people to be heard in one central location. Like you said, many voices have more of a chance than just one voice, which might be able to be dismissed. But I do wonder, you know, with her such a long history, such a rich history with so many people, she runs retreats, she runs workshops, she's sat with women who are going through this. And I have trouble sort of accepting that she will do a Tony Robbins-like response. Or maybe that's just my unwillingness to see that this is really where she's at. And maybe this is really where she's been at and we just haven't seen it. Maybe. I don't know anybody that's attended a retreat. I would love to hear from women who have been on her retreats. I would love to know what the financial investment in the retreat really is and the commitment to it, what it involves. But I know that they're six days long. I know that there's complication of mixed messages sold to the attendees. So, you know, I think that's a curiosity, but once you've spent a lot of money and you've invested in something, people tend to defend their investment. So I think it would be hard pressed to find someone who'd be willing to just speak freely about the experience. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're going to spend money, you're obviously in it and you're not going to sort of say, well, it was terrible. I'm looking at her retreat costs right now. Okay. 
$2,400 for a double room. Oh, my God, $2,200 for a, set, a tent. A tent? Yep. <laughs> I'd be going for the double room. Yeah. A tent? Yes. <laughs> I didn't expect to see that. (laughs) But yeah, it would be great to hear, you know, what's going on at these retreats. But I do think, gosh, I'm just trying to think of advice to give to people about, you know, if you're having doubts about your guru or if you're having, if your non-diet person is showing signs of gaslighting you or it's suddenly going through maybe a crisis of confidence in their own eating habits, that it is okay to break up with them. 100%. In fact, it's crucial to be able to draw that line in the sand and say, no longer, no longer will you have access to my psyche. No longer will you have access to motivate me because your message is confusing. I'm getting mixed messages from you. It's so crucial because so many people who have eating disorders or are engaged in the myth of diet culture, they're looking for answers. And so when you're Mm -hmm. You're given mixed messages and you've been given mixed messages your whole life. You need someone who's going to be able to be humble and say, you're right, I'm sorry, that piece of advice, that offering I gave you wasn't helpful. Mm -hmm. That's one of the most important things in a clinician is the ability to say, you know, I'm sorry, let's talk about it. Let's figure out what happened. Those are the reparative parenting experiences that so many of our clients need. And when you can't get that because your guru is untouchable, then Mm. you need to draw that line in the sand and set that final boundary. Mm. But I love that you have that ability to, you know, you have that strength within you to know so deeply what what you stand for when it comes to the non-diet approach and what feels okay and what doesn't. And I'm the same, you know, I have that kind of strength of like, hell no, that's, I'm, I'm breaking up with you, you know, that's, I'm leaving. But if you are suffering with the eating disorder, if there is still internally within your thinking, that kind of hesitation and sort of desire to go back to rules, then that's when it's going to be harder to build the boundary and walk away. That's when it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that's when it's out and out gaslighting a vulnerable person and it's not okay. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I guess I would say to anyone who, and it might not be a guru, it might not be someone famous like Janine or Oprah, it could be your therapist who's like, you know, a great therapist, but then suddenly starts talking about cutting out carbs or, you know, just if anything doesn't feel right, if anything feels like a back step, listen to that confusion and honor that confusion by entertaining this idea of maybe it's something going on for the therapist. Correct. As opposed to maybe I should just blindly listen to the therapist and start getting hooked into confusing rules once again. And I think that's actually something that is a necessity in the recovery field is there are so many dietitians and clinicians that do and have historically struggled that are in recovery or recovered. And everybody needs to be able to say like, hey, why on the side are you peddling weight loss drugs? Why are you selling this product that is used for Mm. weight loss or this happens all the time. I see it all the time in my Mm. colleagues. In fact, today I had a conversation with one of the dietitians in my office and she was talking about a therapist who she knows is selling weight loss products on her personal Facebook page and is treating eating disorders by day. There's a conflict of interest there. So in our field, we absolutely have to be able to have those conversations and encourage our clients to be able to call out the madness. Because at the end of the day, that is madness. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm kind of comforted to hear you say that you have experiences like that with colleagues too because I I run into it too with eating disorder colleagues who are at the same time talking about surgery or at the same time promoting diet programs on the side. It's just it's not a line that we can afford to cross if we truly are dedicated to eradicating eating disorders. Right. Yeah, back to that, that idea you had of us having all of these gurus with conflict of interest coming together for a dinner. I have the perfect idea of who we would have moderate that conversation. I think we should have Deb Berghardt and Amy Pershing, two of the most eloquent speakers in our field that I've loved listening to them talk about difficult issues and can do it in a really professional and classy way. I mean, we need to put together a list of who's going to call together all of these people and then moderate it at the end of the day. I love this idea. So you heard it here first. <laughs> the dinner party at the century, Deborah Garden, Amy Pershing, what amazing people who would be yeah, able to run let's it. Let's put Janine and Oprah on notice. You're getting your invitations and we'll figure out where this dinner party of the century is happening. <laughs> and then we'll have a big fight over which restaurant, but yeah, it will happen. Right. And yeah. in the meantime, maybe we'll just put together a Facebook page for Janine to come and answer questions. <laughs> yes. I'm definitely going to get that happening because I really love that idea. So once we've recorded it, I'll it. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and airing all of this with me. It's been a fabulous conversation. Thank you, Louise. It's always a pleasure. Okay. That was incredible, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for coming on and raising a very important issue. And my goodness, I seriously hope our gurus can just please stop disappointing us and can we keep something going? (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. That's it for this week's show. But first of all, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all the listeners out there who keep sending encouraging messages and reactions to the various topics that we have here on All Fired Up. You're such a source of inspiration and, of course, outrage that you just keep me going. So thank you. And if there's some topic that you're really irate about and you would love us to pick through it on the show, send me an email about it to louise at untrapped.com.au and we'll see what we can do. And if you're enjoying All Fired Up, please go to iTunes and leave us a really nice five-star rating and a review so we can get the message out to more and more people and really push back against diet culture in a meaningful way. And of course, to help you, I have a free resource for you. So it's an ebook that I have written alongside Fiona Willer, the incredibly talented dietitian and anti-diet ninja. <laughs> so in the ebook, we are busting the top 10 quote-unquote obesity myths and weight loss myths that are out there. So it's a really good thing to have up your sleeve for conversations with people who might be interested in the anti-diet approach or interested in hearing more about it or even people who are objecting to some of the concepts in health at every size because I think once people really do understand what we're all about there's really very little pushback it's when you know people are buying into the myths about both obesity science or weight science and also the myths that are going around about what health at every size is that's where the miscommunications can happen. So if you're interested in getting a hold of the ebook, just go to untrapped.com.au and you'll get a pop-up and you can download it. And of course, if you're struggling in your relationship with food or your body and you're looking for some extra help, think about joining us in the Untrapped Masterclass because this is an incredible program. It's a 12 weeks where we really delve deeply into how to shift 
both your diet thinking mind and get you more in connection with your body and how you are eating food and how you are moving it and also just how you're feeling at home in your own skin. And we have a lovely online community that I just simply adore and I'm really inspired every day by all the changes that people are experiencing. So please don't suffer or by yourself, come and join us. Okay, so that's it for me for another week. I cannot wait to be back next week with another fresh serve of diet culture bullshit. And in the meantime, trust no one. Think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap. 